Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by The Financialist. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. Uh, we got some. We got a basketball game to preview. Kentucky's traveling to Stark Vegas on Saturday. Plus, there was the NBA trade trade deadline. And if you were following along, like you should have been, you should have watched the Locked On YouTube ninety minute special as the trade deadline wound down. And then we'll wrap with some football. Uh, but let's start with um, the Mississippi State game, Kyle. When the Bulldogs came to Lexington. It wasn't that great of a game, and the Kentucky kid, Eric Holman, Holman uh, did not play well at all. Do you expect that to happen again, or do you think he might have a breakout? I don't know about him specifically. I would assume he and they will play better at home uh, than they played at Rupp Arena. I also think they're a little bit desperate right now. Um, you know, they were, They've been in pretty solid standing in terms of NCAA tournament bracket projections for a while now, but... It's that's a little more in flux. Uh, they lost a tough one this last game uh, against LSU. It was a game they could have won. They lost in overtime. Um, you know, and I think at, you know at some point they've got to worry a little bit about um, you know piling up a few more wins to to not feel uh, worried on Selection Sunday. And so Kentucky obviously represents a huge uh, opportunity for them. You know, they lost at Alabama. Uh, lost again at home against LSU. Lost two of their last three. Um, obviously, lost to Kentucky by twenty-one. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're, Arena, so. they're they're trending in the wrong direction. They were twelve and one coming into conference play, and in conference play, currently they are four and five, uh, uh, and you know lost three of their last five. As you said, Kyle, two of their last three. So it's it's, it's they definitely need a win. Um, and this is obviously such a big game. Um, real quick, and we'll jump right back into the game, but uh, the, this game's on CBS, and at noon, they're doing the the reveal of the top, what is it, six, they do the top 16 Top seeds. 16 yeah. seeds in order, yeah. Yeah, so you'll be able to check that out if you tune into CBS a little bit early. I'm really interested to see where Kentucky lands in that, and we'll obviously be talking about that on the uh, next edition of the show, um, but just keep an eye out for that. Um, back to the game, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. They really need this win, and I, I watched a good portion of the LSU game. I still, I, that you know, they they look good in times. They have a lot of guys that have seemed like they got some experience, and they have some moments, yep. but they're just not. Nobody seems to be a super consistent, and that, that might not be fair to all of them. But it seems like Weatherspoon, Quindary, Weatherspoon, yeah. been pretty pretty consistent. He leads them in scoring. He's the senior guard uh one of the two weather spoons you know he's averaging 18 points and five and a half rebounds he played well the other night as well i think he had 26 or 27 he had a big number um you mentioned you know eric holdman he's averaging 11 and 7 but had basically nothing yeah. uh, in lexington reggie perry is the guy who you know the one that i would watch for is reggie perry because um he's a former but basically borderline uh, five-star recruit. I believe he was a McDonald's All-American. I know he's like a top 35 uh, recruit, and uh, he's kind of coming on. I think he had like uh, 19 and 10 or something like that the other night. He had a really big game, 6'10", 240. 
um, freshman forward. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think could be a, a kind of a difference maker in this and obviously be a lot more comfortable at home than a, as a, a yeah. freshman on the road in the SEC. You know, I, I think Mississippi State can definitely challenge Kentucky um, in a home game. Um, but the way Kentucky's playing right now, you know, I, I, I would not take really anybody in the league other than Tennessee and probably only Tennessee at home uh, over Kentucky. Like right now, I would favor Kentucky over Tennessee in Rupp Arena in that first meeting, which is not too far away now. But road games are tough, but Kentucky's now 5-1 and one in road games. So um, it'll be really interesting to see. And they, they're not – the thing is, like, there's not a big gap. There's, you know, it hasn't been that long since, since they played the first of these two meetings. It's yeah. not like it's months later. Um, so they'd pre- be pretty familiar with them. It, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, which – what happens with Mississippi State? Do like they sort of keep the skid going, or does do they see this as the way I see it as like a really kind of a desperation game, a chance to get yeah. You know, if you beat if you beat Kentucky, you know, based on what you kind of piled up in the non-conference, and they did have some pretty good wins in the non-conference, and you if you beat Kentucky, they have already beaten Auburn once. That's their best win in the league. Um, I think you're getting close to being safe in the tournament. If you lose this one and you lose a couple more, then you know you get late in the season and not a lot of opportunities uh, to make hay for Selection Sunday. So I, I feel like they'll they will take this as a as a desperation game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you want to spin it in a negative sense, they could just kind of lay down at this point. I mean, they still have a ton to play for, so I don't think that's likely. Um, but that that maybe the loss against LSU just ticked them in a negative way. And your point about the previous game. The reason it probably was a 21-point win for Kentucky in large part was because of foul trouble. Holman had five and fouled out, and Perry, your guy that you just mentioned, also fouled out. He had five. Uh, I mean, Perry ended up – he played 29 minutes. Holman played 20. Um, So, you know, they got their minutes in. Holman was under his average minutes a little bit. But uh, when you get some fouls, you can't play the type of defense that you want to a certain extent. So I think that had a big impact on the game most likely. And, you know, it's a – the thing with Kentucky, and it's kind of waned a little bit late with the early tip-off. They've had some slow starts, so that's I think it's probably, and this is like a silly cliche, but you'll probably be able to tell relatively early if Mississippi State's going to have a chance because if Kentucky comes out going you know, like they have lately uh, and gets to an early lead early, I don't know if Mississippi State would be able to overcome it. But on the flip side, if Mississippi State you know, comes out full full blazing and and gets things going then i think we it would be a, a game the, all the way throughout yeah and just to kind of recap the numbers holman in that first meeting he fouled, as you mentioned he fouled out in 20 minutes he had no points and two rebounds uh and perry he's still at a relatively productive game even though he fouled out eight points and eight rebounds but he you know like i said he's coming off a 19 and 10 game i think he's starting to kind of come into his own um if those two guys are more at their season average than what they were against Kentucky and Rupp Arena, where they combined for eight points and 10 rebounds. That alone makes this a much different kind of challenge for Kentucky, different challenge for Reed Travis and PJ in the paint uh, and, and Nick and EJ as it's, as, as they've become uh, bigger and bigger factors or sometimes alternating factors for Kentucky. I think it probably does boil down to those two guys as much as anybody because I think you know what you're going to get from Weatherspoon. I mean, he had 19 in the first meeting mm-hmm. uh, against Kentucky. He's he kind of always gets his numbers. You know, what are the big guys going to give him? And uh, I, I would I would think in particular a guy like Holman, being a Kentucky guy, being that he kind of had an embarrassing 
performance coming back home in Rupp Arena um, would be extra motivated individually. And as we said, as a team, you know, this is a chance to almost kind of punch your ticket for the tournament. You know, I mean, if you don't just completely lay an egg the rest of the way, if you've got Auburn and Kentucky wins and some of the non-conference they win, wins they have, they beat uh, Clemson and some other teams in the non-conference, you'd feel pretty good about your, your standing if you could get this one done. Yep. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit. Well, I guess we'll make a pick real quick. You've got Kentucky winning, I'm guessing. Yes, I uh, I do too. I, I think Kentucky by 10-ish. Okay, that's I was I was going to say like seven, so we're right in the same ballpark. Um, coming up next, we are going to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline. A lot of Kentucky players' names were involved in a lot of trades. Some got traded and some didn't. Um, before that, we do want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, and that is the Financialist. The Financialist LLC is a locally owned provider of CFO caliber services to small businesses in the Central Kentucky area. Owner Rick Parsons has 25 years of experience helping business owners establish a solid accounting system and will work with you helping to maximize your profit potential. If you need QuickBook expertise, help with training a new employee, bookkeeping, or day-to-day accounting advice, give them a call at 859-296-9814. Rick is an accounting professional that thinks like an entrepreneur and wants to help you as a business owner grow and thrive. Whether your need is for a short-term or recurring, the financialists can tailor their services to fit your need. A lot of small business owners are excellent at producing products or services, but need high-level accounting professionals to help them understand their financial statements and how to get the most out of their business. Call 859-296-9814 today and set up a complimentary meeting. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anthony Davis is still a Pelican, Kyle. I don't think, I mean, he didn't want to be, but I think most people who follow the NBA are, are not surprised at this development or lack of development. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like the Pelicans are, uh, uh, from what I gather, being a little bit vindictive, but, you know, and rightly so, uh, because... Anthony Davis has tried to force uh, a trade to the Lakers, and the Lakers have, in their opinion, I think, tampered. Uh, LeBron has tampered, and uh, well, technically, uh, LeBron <laughs> didn't tamper. Clutch Sports right. and Anthony right. Davis got the fine, right? So. But uh, you know, I saw. I think I saw Brian Windhorst, who's been kind of covering LeBron since high school and uh, following all this obviously very closely, basically said like. Yeah, the Pelicans are, you know, have almost sort of uh, screwed with the Lakers, like teased them that they might entertain options to make them put out public, uh, you know, float public trade possibilities to essentially cause discord within the Lakers and then not accept any of those trades. And so now you've made it clear as an organization that all these various players are expendable to you, Mm -hmm. which does nothing but make everybody mad. Uh, And then you don't trade them anyway. The worst, Um, the worst thing for the Lakers is now they have unleashed LeVar back yes. into the public stratosphere. That That's a detriment to everyone um, in the sports media world, unless you just love to have ridiculous things and, and talk about, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're on uh, uh, some channels and, and you have a whole segments on is LeBron selfish because he was the only child, if you're ridiculous like those people, you have <laughs> LeVar on all the time. Um, but for the rest of us who are sane, uh, we, you know he's not he's not that enjoyable in large quantities, and that's the only kind of dosage that Lavar gives out. 
Of note, real quick, Kyle, I don't, you don't you don't have the game on. I'm not guessing in front of you. The Lakers did just beat the Celtics on a buzzer beater from Rajon Rondo. So, well, how about that? There you go. You can't break. You can't dissuade the Lakers from from winning games because so also, take that Pelicans. That's also interesting because one, Rondo is a former Celtic and and also a former Wildcat, and and two because the primary competition for Anthony Davis is the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics, and the reason that the deal was not done at the deadline is because the Celtics' best offer cannot be finalized until they get some other things done in the summer, mm-hmm. and uh, that was sort of the Danny Ainge and company. They were, they were pleading with the Pelicans, look like, look, we can give you the best offer, but we need to. If you need to wait until summer, and and you know, I think they want to get every last thing they can get, and rightly so for Anthony Davis. I mean, it's going to be a a brutally painful thing to watch a top five player in the NBA, like an all time level mm-hmm. Hall of Fame caliber player, um, go uh, go away <laughs> because he's made it clear he's going to do that. Um, if you have to lose him. You want to get every single thing you can. And, you know, the Celtics, it's pretty incredible what they've done in the last several years. It's like just stockpiling assets and moving pieces and making deals. Um, You know, it feels like the Celtics are always in the power position when it comes time to, you know, make a deal. Um, And so, you know, to me, it seems like if if the Lakers thing's not going to happen, it's probably the what like the Celtics or the Knicks? Like the Knicks are apparently like a real possibility. Or and they've the, obviously uh, made a bunch of moves to to clear space. Um, and New York is not an unattractive market to be in, despite the fact that the Knicks have been a dumpster fire for quite a quite a long time now. The Clippers might also get involved, which would could in theory connect another Kentucky player. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander might be one of the pieces if the Clippers try to make a trade uh, later on in the summer. Um, of guys of note that from the former Kentucky players that were moved, Brandon Knight is now going to be a Cleveland Cavalier. He's been kind of a journeyman, which is, I'm sure, not ideal for him. That isn't one he wanted with his career, but it is what it is when you have some injuries in those kind of deals. Um, uh, let's, let's see. Scal. Scal. Scal LeBissier was traded from Sacramento to Portland for Caleb Swanigan. Uh, Scal is was way buried on the bench because the Kings have, I think, like an entire roster of four men and then uh, De'Aaron Fox. That's their whole team. And so he hasn't been play- <laughs> yeah, playing. Former, <laughs> former five-star, you know, power forwards that yeah. played for major colleges or is, is all that the, the Kings wanted. For a while, all they wanted was anybody from Kentucky. Yeah. But, uh, and then yeah, um, that's uh, that'll be interesting because he's he's been down. He's, he's not even been on the. He's had a lot of DNPs, and then he's had a lot of times where he's not even been up on the big club. So yep, uh, maybe this will be another a new new life for for Scal, who who had a little run there where he was really playing and actually playing well in the NBA after a tumultuous one season in in Lexington. Yep, um, another former Kentucky player who never played at Kentucky, Enos Cantor, is also on the move. He was released by the Knicks, so he will be looking for a new team and trying to get on a contender. Obviously, Enos is super interesting for a lot of reasons. He's very vocal, and he's had a dust-up with the Turkish government, which has gotten him a lot of headlines outside of sports. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up. Uh, but those are all the really Kentucky guys that have connections that got moved. There were a lot of guys that were rumored to get moved, but they didn't, um, including Julius Randle and Michael K. Gilchrist both stay where they are currently. Gilchrist in Charlotte, 
and Randall in New Orleans uh, with the Pelicans. So if you're interested in the NBA and you want to hear more, the Locked On Podcast Network has a ton more shows. Just search Locked On and then insert whichever NBA team you're interested in, and there'll be a ton of information there. So coming up next, we'll stick with a little bit of more pro sports. This time it's going to be the NFL because a lot of Kentucky football players got invited to the NFL Combine. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Burt Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Burt Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty and 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade, with all the trim and accessories to match. You can call at 859-485-1928 or check out BurtSheetMetal.com. That's B-U-R- chsheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door track, and aluminum frame rails. Birch Sheet Metal is located at 13113 Apex Drive in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, I'm gonna we're gonna start, we're gonna do like classic like uh, when when snub and and are you surprised that this guy was included with the NFL Combine? We'll start with the snub. Bunchy Stallings not invited to the NFL Combine. Dude makes all American lists and then isn't in the Combine. I think there's 300 people invited. That I don't know how common that it happens, but it just seemed kind of odd to me. Seems odd. It makes I mean, I, I don't know. Right, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I got I'm gonna try to comment, but I don't even know really what to say about it because it, it seems. It uh, seems like he's going to be a hot commodity um, and certainly be a draft pick. Uh, one of the best offensive linemen in college football last year. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, you know. I don't know if there's like something came up since the season ended um, that would preclude him from going there or if it's just, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even yeah, know. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, eight it's, guys going to the combine and not that dude, uh, and, you know, uh, Jordan Jones. That's the one, uh, the, the kind of surprise. Uh, the way I understand it, he was actually invited to one of the quote-unquote bowls where they you know, invite seniors. I think it was the East-West Shrine game, if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. But he basically just didn't show up and didn't re- respond to that. So, I mean, it, it's kind of a situation where <laughs> will Jordan Jones show up to this, uh, but he gets the invite. And, I, you know, this is... The combine situation, Kyle, is where Jordan Jones would shine because, you know, Stoops made it clear that he's just an unbelievable athlete several times through his career, and I would venture to guess that he'll probably run and test and lift and do all kinds of things pretty well. Of course, he'd also have to interview, that, which is where he could completely bomb it. Yes, um, that is very, that's very know, true. Uh, I would be... I would... I would be very interested to be a fly on the wall in the NFL combine interviews with Jordan Jones, because they are uh, m- probably more than any league notorious for the absurd questions that are really asked uh, with the intention of pushing a button to see like, how is you know, is this guy going to flip out? Is he going to calmly answer it? Is he going to be respectful? Is he going to come, you know, come at this question from a thoughtful perspective uh, you know, and, and, and to be fair to the players, like, like from what we've heard over the years, there have been some like wildly inappropriate questions. Yeah. You know, one of them was like, was your mother a hooker or something? I cannot imagine, uh, how the 
historically volatile Jordan Jones would handle getting the wrong type of question in that interview setting. So, um, you know, it, it could be dangerous for him. You know, it may be, it may be more beneficial to him to do, you know, a pro day on campus and leave it at that. <laughs> Hope somebody takes a chance yeah. on him. But, uh, you know, if you get coached up and you go into it knowing, like, I can't mess this up, I can't say this, I can't fly off the handle, maybe you can get through it. Um, but I do think, yeah, physically, you know, he's going to go run a good 40 time, um, you know, assuming all, he's all healthy and all his very, he's had a bunch of different bumps and bruises and uh, injury things along the way. Uh, assuming he's, you know, it's not a medical concern, he'll probably test very, very well, but back kind of getting back to bunching stuff. It's, it's odd to me that if you're going to have eight Kentucky guys and one of them is Jordan Jones and one is not Bungie Stallings, that seems odd. But, yeah, uh, very much so. What do I know? I'm not a, I'm an NBA or an NFL GM or NBA GM. You're a neither of those things. The other guys that were invited were Josh Allen, Derek Beatty, CJ Conrad, Mike Edwards, Lonnie Johnson, and of course, Benny Snell, who's actually doing another signing tour right now. Uh, so uh, you can you can look that up on his Twitter timeline if you want to go get a Benny Snell autograph. Uh, the interesting note about this is apparently Lonnie Johnson is getting first round buzz now, and I'll, I'll kind of let this cat out of the bag a little bit. Uh, preview next week, uh, working on an interview with one of the guys that does the Locked On NFL Draft uh, podcast to get a little bit more information about these guys. But uh, you know, Kyle, that kind of surprised me because Lonnie Johnson. It was good. Obviously, he was a starter, but you know, if you're if you're starting to talk about impact guys in the secondary, he's what third, maybe fourth. If you know, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that that has surprised me. Like that's that buzz has been building for a couple of weeks now, and he apparently had just an was it Senior Bowl or Shrine Bowl? Which one was he? Senior Bowl. He was Senior Bowl. Uh, apparently, had a great week there and turned a lot of heads. I mean, when you look at him, he's physically what teams want in the secondary, the size and length and, you know, athleticism. Um, you know, but they were also, like, he was the guy in that secondary that if, like, somebody had gotten beaten on a big play, it was often him. I mean, am I, re- am I wrong about that? Like, Best there were a ton of times that happened, but, like, I mean, like, I feel like he was the guy that if somebody got beat bad, it was uh, often him. Now, he did make some huge plays and positive plays, uh, and he was a big hitter and, and, you know, a physical defensive back, and the NFL wants those. But, yeah, it's, it's surprised, it has surprised me a little bit. Um, and it, sometimes it's weird, too, because you get in these draft situations, and it's like, you know, maybe the, maybe the deal with Bungie, Bungie Stallings, it's like these guys put all this stuff on film, like games and games and snaps and snaps to show who they are, and then they go to a combine or, a, you know, an all-star bowl game for a week. And the whole perception of them changes, for better or worse. Um, and I always find that really interesting. Like, really, do you did did the their entire career and this entire last season mean so little that it can all the whole perspective of them as a player can be changed by a stopwatch or a couple, uh, you know, four half-hearted practices with a bunch of dudes they've never played with before? I don't know. Yeah. I seem there's something to keep. But I'm not, and I'm not disparaging Lonnie Johnson. It's just like if I, if we held the draft right now, and I'm picking out of Kentucky secondary, I'm certainly taking Mike Edwards first, um, and probably Darius West second. Yeah, that's and, um, uh, like you know probably Derek Beatty third. So you know, are are four Kentucky defensive backs going to go in the first round? No, 
you know, it, you know, it, it seems like Lonnie Johnson's the only one that's really getting first round buzz, and that would be really odd to me. I completely agree. Vince Marrow talked to the media the other day, and he is. I didn't know this. Did you know that that Vince Marrow was the NFL liaison for UK? I was unaware of that until Mark Stoops mentioned it yesterday. Maybe, I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Apparently, <laughs> so, he like talks to the uh, NFL teams about guys. So um, he's he the a, feedback guy, or yeah. Whatever. I guess that's what, kind of what it boils down to. Since and it makes sense, since he is the recruiting coordinator, has the most long term communication with most players. Um, but he had a cool note. He said he was talking to the Chiefs, one of the uh, people in the Chiefs organization, about a couple years ago. And they, he said when he was watching practice, he goes, you guys are going to have a bunch of draft picks and win 10 or 11 games in a couple years this season. That, the season that just ended is what the Chiefs guy was mentioning. And Marrow jokingly said, don't tell that to any of the media. And then he said after they beat Penn State, uh, Marrow said he got a text from that Chiefs person and said, I told you guys that would happen. Um, <laughs> um, but I was talking about Marrow, and to your point about Darius West, that is the guy that... Marrow pointed to specifically as somebody who can really help themselves at the combine because he is unbelievably fast. Um, and then on, so he'll show out really well and test really well in those situations. The other guy Marrow also pointed out said the combine was important too was Benny Snell because you're a running back. People seen your tape. You kind of know what Benny Snell is at this point. And I think people have low expectations for some of his probable running times comparatively to other people in his positions. So if he can somehow run a solid 40 time, that will I think that could really, really help him. Yeah, I would guess like if, if Penny could post a, like a 4.55, five, which is not considered a fast 40 time, it would be, it would be fast enough to be you know the bruising running back that he is. Um, you know because anymore, uh, every NFL team uses multiple running backs and they've got a, they most have a power back and a third down back guys that they, they can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. And, um, you know, they use all these running backs sort of situationally. So he's, he's certainly got a home in the NFL, but he doesn't want to go around a four seven, you know, or in the four sixes probably. I think it's possible he does run in the four sixes. I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody actually say what his supposed 40 time is only that like the knock on him was that he ran slow forties at these camps. And so people discounted him kind of out of hand as a recruit big time recruit because of that. But I've I don't really have a sense for what that number would yeah, be. Yeah, I got no idea, honestly. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the show. Thanks to the Financialist for sponsoring this edition of the program. Give them a call, 859-296-9814 to set up a complimentary meeting. Uh, be sure to be following along with me on Twitter at Curtis Birch B U R C H. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Be sure to be following at Locked On UK and then find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, review, and subscribe and then share this with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. And the Bulldogs. Yeah. And then a uh, Top right. Chef review. <laughs> um, I guess. I don't know. I didn't watch any of that. So I, I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, it, <coughs> excuse me. Um, um, 
If you are in the market to... No. The Financialist LLC is a locally owned provider of... <clears throat> Sorry, Kyle. I'm messing this one up. I got it now. 